0: was awesome to serve with you this morning, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me this morning to Psalms 37 verse 4, Psalm 37 verse 4, and it reads, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I'm going to ask for a little bit of congregational participation this morning. I want anyone to put their hand up if they have a dream. I'm talking about like a goal, lifelong goal, a desire, a passion, um, you know, like a dream of you know, maybe going somewhere or being rich or having an awesome job or career, anything like that. Everyone? I'm expecting most people. So my lifelong dream from when I was about six years old till when I was 16, 17, I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to be a professional musician. And it wasn't really about being rich or famous or anything like that but I just wanted to play guitar every day. Like I just, it's been a passion my whole life I've played guitar, I remember the day that my parents brought me my first guitar, I was six years old and it was awesome, And it was this blue, little blue acoustic guitar and I loved it and I don't know what happened to it which is really disappointing but I loved that guitar and ever since that day I've had a passion about playing guitar. And I, and I still love it. But you see, what, what happens was I, I got to... I eventually, when I was about 15, 16 years old, I got to join a band. I got to be in a band. And at the start, it was awesome. I was hanging out with a bunch of guys. My brothers were in the band. And it was awesome. And we changed names like 10 times. And I told the youth kids our na- the name of our band on Friday and they laughed at me, so I'm not telling you this morning. But... We, I, I loved it and then we started getting gigs and it was awesome and we were making money and I could finally go, yes, I'm a professional musician. I got paid for my craft. And then what they never tell you about being in a band that when your band starts making money, it sucks to be in a band. You know, everyone starts going, well, I drive the, band, the van, so I need a little bit more money. So everyone else makes a little bit more, less money and then everyone's arguing about it, and then someone's like, oh, I'm paying for the the place where we practice, so I need to get some more money, and everyone gets a little bit less money, everyone gets a little bit more disgruntled, and everyone's, and like, all of a sudden, this dream that I had of being a professional musician wasn't so good anymore. You know, and it's like, well, what happened to the dream? Where's the dream? This was my desire, this was what I wanted to do, And then the dream wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, there's a guy in the Bible, his name's Joseph, and he had a dream. And if you follow his life, and I'm I'm going to break it down real quickly this morning, the story of Joseph's life, like he had a dream. You know, Joseph was, was already different from the moment he was born. He was the son, he was the 11th son of Jacob And he was the first son to Jacob's favorite wife. To the pretty wife. The wife that Jacob had worked for 14 years to get. And I just want to throw this in there this morning. Ash, you are my favorite wife. Just in case anyone's wondering. But so already right from the get-go, Joseph was different from all his brothers. He had 11, had 11 brothers... And he was the only one, but he was also his dad's favorite. Jacob loved Joseph just a little bit more than all his other brothers. Joseph was always special to Jacob. And <coughs> so much so that we see Jacob gets this really nice coat. And it's like Joseph, uh, Joseph gets this, I'm mixing my names up, sorry. Joseph gets this really nice coat from his dad. And it's like, it's almost like a spit in the face to his brothers because Joseph is like going around in this real nice like Nike coat and all these brothers are wearing Kmart coats. Like, you know what I mean? So, but Joseph's already different. And there's this verse in uh, Genesis, Genesis chapter 39, verse 6, and it's, oh, sorry, wrong one. Genesis chapter 37, verse 5, and it says, Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Like Joseph was already different and we already know that his brothers hated him, right? They didn't like him already because he had the nice coat and his dad loved him more. So one morning Joseph shows up to his brothers and he's like, guess what? I had this dream. And his brother's like, we don't care. We hate you. We hate your dream. We don't want to hear this. But Joseph is like, I'm telling you anyway. So Joseph goes, well, I had this dream, right? And we got these like bales of hay and we stacked them all up. And all of a sudden your bales of hay started bowing down to my bales of hay and his brothers are like are you saying that we're going to bow down to you and he's like well that's the dream and they're like no way we hate you we hate your dream and we hate your coat but joseph then goes on and he tells them another dream he's like i had a dream and there were 11 stars and the sun and the moon and they were all bowing down to my star and his brothers get even angrier and like we don't want to hear this we're not bowing down to you we hate you we don't want you here and you know, I, I love Joseph for having a dream and it made him different, but he was okay with that. Like he embraced the different. He didn't care that his brothers hated him. He was going to say the dream. You know, I, I, I often encourage our youth kids and it drives them crazy, I'm sure, but I, I often ask them, what is your dream? What's your dream job? Where are you going after school? Because when you have a dream, it makes you different. And when you have a dream, it pushes you forwards, and it gives you something to chase after. And I think it's so important that we, we dream big and we have these goals and life and something to pursue. And so I ask the kids regularly. I know all of them go, you asked me this like two weeks ago. And I'm like, well, I was hoping that you might change your mind. I was, I'm so hoping for a youth kid to come up to me and go, I want to be an astronaut one day. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm waiting. I'm like, that would be awesome. So Joseph's brothers get really upset with him. And they decide that they're going to kill him. They're going to get rid of him. They can't have Joseph around. So they make this plan and they end up throwing Joseph in a pit and they're going to leave him to die. One of his brothers, Reuben, is like, oh, we can't kill him. He's our brother. I don't want that on my hands. So they throw him in a pit and they're going to let the animals kill him. But then his other brother, Judah, is like, well, let's make some cash off Joseph and sell him into slavery. So they rip up his coat, they cover it in lamb's blood, and they sell Joseph off to slavery. He goes to Egypt. He works for a, in a, the house of Potiphar. And Joseph works so hard in the house of Potiphar that he eventually becomes second in charge of the household. And in the Bible, in Genesis 39.6, it says, Now Joseph was well built and handsome. So we know that when he was working in Potiphar's house, he got abs. He started getting good looking, he was tall, he was handsome and he catches the eye of Potiphar's wife and she, she starts to make advances on Joseph and just like, no, I don't want any of that, I love my master, I'm, I'm doing quite well in this slaving industry and I don't want to, you know, lose my position. So um, she gets upset with him, frames him and he ends up in prison. And so, like, this isn't the dream. Now he's in prison. Like, but what Joseph does is he, he's so... He does something amazing in prison. I don't know how this works or how he manages. The only thing I can say is it's a God thing. He becomes in charge. He gets to a point where he's in charge of all the inmates in the prison. The wardens like him. And all of a sudden, Joseph's in charge of the prison. And while he's in prison, he meets some guys and they have dreams. And Joseph translates their dreams and explains it to them. They get out of prison. He's still in prison for a while. But all of a sudden, one of them remembers Joseph and goes, well, Pharaoh's got a dream. And I know this guy who can translate dreams. So Joseph comes out of prison into the palace, translates these insane dreams that Pharaoh's having about cannibalistic cows. And all of a sudden, Joseph's like, well, here's what God's saying we're gonna have seven years of blessing, we're gonna have heaps of food, it's gonna be amazing, and then we're gonna have seven years of famine. And he has this amazing plan that he's going to, we're gonna stockpile in the seven years of famine, and then we're gonna have heaps of food in the seven years of blessing, and then we're gonna have heaps of food in the famine. And so he, he spells out this plan, Pharaoh makes him second in charge of the whole Egyptian empire, only second only to Pharaoh himself. And all of a sudden, a few years later, when the famine starts, his brothers show up in Egypt and they bow down before him. But so does the rest of the Egyptian empire at the time. You know, Joseph had a dream and it made him different. And so many times growing up, I've heard the story of Joseph used as this motivational speech about having your dream and following your dream and, 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 you know, if you lose the dream, being persevering because you're going to get to the dream. And, like, I don't really think that's the story of Joseph. Like, it sounds good, it's encouraging, but I don't really think that's the story of Joseph. You know, I had a lifelong dream of being the youth leader of being a youth pastor. That's been a, a lifelong dream. Someone spoke it over me when I was 10 years old. But it's always been one of those dreams that I've just put to the side. It's been one of those things that I'm like, oh, it'll happen when, maybe when I'm 30, maybe when I've established myself, maybe when I, after I've had a career, maybe after I've made some money. You know, it was always one of those sort of dreams. And when I, when I finally moved back to Australia after living in Russia for 10 years, and I did my first year of university, and God said, I want you to go do internship. And I wasn't super keen on that. I wanted to go and do my own thing. I'd been doing ministry with my parents for a long time and I wasn't super keen, but I did it anyway. I said, okay, God, I'll go do internship." So I applied. And I even remember I had a meeting with Pastor Marty and during that meeting was like an interview for internship. And I remember at the end of the interview, he said to me, Luke, I just want you to know that Just because you do internship does not guarantee you a position here at church. And I was in like this internal battle because I'm like, well, why the heck am I doing this? But at the same time, I'm like, well, okay, I don't want to do ministry anyway. (laughs) You know, so I was okay with it. And I did internship and I finished that and it was amazing. And then God said, I want you to do a diploma. So I did a diploma and I started volunteering here at church and eventually got to be the youth leader, which was, you know, this dream come true, but it was so different than what I expected. You know, there's been, I've had amazing moments being the youth leader here at church, that I've got to see some of the guys from youth put their hands up when I've done older calls, and I've got to, got to be sit at the hospital with one of the guys where his son was born and those things are going to be things that stick with me and that I remember and encourage me and I, I love those moments but there's also been some really hard moments. Moments where no one shows up to connect group because they're all busy and you feel like a failure. Moments where people come and they sit with you and they tell you the, the most saddest, heartbreaking story and you like those moments are not the best moments. And I think if it was just the dream, if it was just the dream that was driving me, if it was just the dream of being the youth pastor and all I imagined it to be, it wouldn't be enough to get me through. It wouldn't be enough to encourage me to keep going, to carry on. And I think it's the same for Joseph. Like when he was sold into slavery, I doubt he was sitting in that caravan going, well, I've got a dream. My brothers are going to bow down at me and it's going to be awesome. And that's encouraged him. You see, not one place, there's 13 chapters after Joseph goes, gets sold into slavery. And in not one of those chapters does it go and Joseph remembered his dream and it bolstered him and it motivated him and he carried on. It doesn't say that. See, Joseph didn't follow his dream. He followed the call of God on his life. Yeah, and his dream followed him. Yeah. Joseph didn't follow his dream. He wasn't sitting in prison going, oh, well, I'm going to get my brother someday. That wasn't what motivated him. He just focused on God and what God called him to do. You know, I'm not, I'm not here this morning telling you just give up on your dream. Don't throw out your dream. That's not what I'm saying. Don't, you know, just get rid of it and follow God. You know, if you have a dream, if you have a talent, if you have a desire in your heart that that's something that you're awesome at or something that you want to do, foster that dream, build it up, do, do everything that you can with that dream. But don't pursue it. Don't follow it. Follow the calling of God on your life. Because the success of Joseph wasn't found in following his dream. It wasn't found in waiting for the dream to show up. It wasn't found in pursuing it. It was that wherever he was put, in the house of Potiphar, in prison, he just did the best he could with what God had put in his hands. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says, Whatever can, Whoever can be trusted with very little can always be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with little will also be dishonest with much. Like, I think Joseph understood that core concept. It was, he knew that if he just put his hand to whatever was in front of him, he used the talents and that God was going to bless that. And everywhere he went, he lived by that principle. When he was in the house of Potiphar, he worked and worked and worked, became second in charge. When he was in prison, I don't know what you do in prison to get the prison guards to love you, but I'm pretty sure it involves a lot of prayer and being a nice person, like he did the best with what he had at the time, and he worked at it. You know, I think in prison that I'm pretty sure, it doesn't say this, but I'm pretty sure that Joseph must have spent a whole bunch of time getting close to God. A whole bunch of time building his relationship with God, getting to know God, because when those guys showed up and they told him their dreams, Joseph had the translation. Joseph knew what it was about. Joseph knew what was happening. Like, wherever you are, whatever season of life you're in, hone that skill, use that skill. Just stay in that time and use it to the best of your ability because God's going to give something big out of that. Because if you look after whatever God's put in your hands right now, he's going to bless that and he's going to give you more and it's going to get better. And that's the success of Joseph. You know... I, I, I go back to that first verse, Psalms 37 verse 4, take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Because when we take delight in the Lord, when we find our calling and our purpose and, and His glory in that, all of a sudden we stop pursuing the delights of our heart but God starts to change them. God starts to shift them. Like I think so, so often we can get nervous because the dream is different than what we expected. Like when Joseph got to the end of... I don't think Joseph's dream involved being in prison or being a slave or, or, or any of that. But when he actually got to the end, even then his dream was different. It was different from what he expected. It was different than what he had planned. It wasn't what he was hoping for. His dream was different. You know, he, he, wasn't, he didn't have his 12 brothers bowing down to him. He had an empire bowing down to him. Like, the, the master, his master when he was in slavery, whose house he worked in, Joseph ended up marrying his daughter. Like, that, that's different than what he expected. You know? But God will do big things with our little dreams if we just don't follow them and we follow him. If we foster what's in our heart, but we don't pursue it, God can do amazing things with it. But I, I think of my dreams. You know, Every. A lot of us here are married. Um, I've been married for six months on Friday, which is awesome. Um, but, you know, my dream of getting married was different than the reality of getting married. And I, I think it doesn't matter how many amazing books you read or how good your pre-marital counselling is, No one tells you that when you get married you are going to have a full-on yelling fight about what side of the bed you sleep on. (laughs) No one told you that you would have a big argument about how much you don't like putting shoes in a basket because it wrecks them, but your wife's like, no, put them in the basket. I don't want them on the floor. Like, No one prepares you for that. And, and, you know, like, when you have a dream of marriage, it's like, oh, the closeness and the love and waking up next to the person and looking in their eyes. My poor wife has to wake up next to me, the crankiest, like, not mourning person in the world. You know, and, like, that wasn't in the dream. That wasn't what we were hoping for. That wasn't the expectation of marriage. But... You know, the thing that I think keeps me and Ash going and the thing that I, I can always go back to is that a couple of months before me and Ash uh, got engaged, I, um, I, we went out one night and we, we sat down and I, we had the uh, I Feel Called to Ministry chat and it went something along the lines of, hey, Ash... I feel like I'm called to ministry. I feel like God's called me to be a pastor and work in a church. And that means that we're not going to be living in mansions and driving Porsches um, and, and those sorts of things. Um, and, and Ash just sat there and listened to me and I talked about this and she just goes, yeah, I know. I know God has a calling on your life and I'm happy to go with you. I'm, I'm ex- I know that that's the calling and I love you and I'm ready to go with you and I'm ready to see that calling and I know he has a calling on my life and that'll work together and it's going to be amazing. And I remember that was the moment I'm like, okay, I'm marrying this girl. And that's why she's my favourite wife. <laughs> um, but I that moment and I, I look back at that moment and I go, that's it. That's, you know, it, that's what's going to get us through. It's not the dream of being married. It's not not this fantasy, but it's that those words, that attitude that if we just trust in God and follow Him and we're both on the same page with that, everything else will come together. That we know there's a calling on our lives. We know that God has a big and better plan. And if we just put aside the dream and focus on Him and where He's taking us, then God will do something amazing out of that. if the band wants to come back. You know, I was... Last night, as I was, I was sitting and, and um, finishing up my word and typing it out, I, I looked over at the coffee table and I just saw the Connect Study book, the Connect Study that we just started. And a question that I feel like is a God question popped into my, my heart, and it really challenged me. It really challenged me, and I want to challenge you with it this morning. What if I am made for more than my dream? What if I'm created for bigger, better things than the desires of my heart? What if? You know, I believe that I'm created for bigger things than I can imagine. I believe that the dreams that are in my heart, you know, that dream of being in a band and being a rock star, I didn't find that, that companionship, that love of music that I was looking for and hoping for, but you know what I did find it in? The creative team. You know, where I didn't love being in a band, I loved being on the stage, and I think if we just... Trust in God and let him work and let him bring something amazing out of us that that he will take our dreams and will still he'll still get them i'm more, I, I, I am confident to stand up here this morning and go dreams do come true, but they don't come true by pursuing them they come true by following God and the calling on his, your life you know when when I took up the call to be the youth, past, the youth leader here at church. I didn't, I didn't imagine, I didn't dream that I would be, my side hustle, the, the thing that I do for work would be cleaning toilets and, and doing graphic design work. Like that wasn't in the dream. But you know what? I've come to a place now where I just want to do what God has called me to do and let him worry about my dream. You know, in in Matthew chapter uh, chapter 6, verse 33 and 34, it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know, I want to take, I've come to a place where I just want to take what God has given me right now the place where he's put me and I want to do the best that I absolutely can with that. And the dreams that are in my heart, the desires in my heart, my passions, I'm going to foster them and I'm going to look after them and let them them be where they are but I'm going to pursue God's calling. And if he brings those things out of me and if he, he turns those things and reshapes them, like what if my dream is just the first draft? I want to be open that God can rewrite that that God can change that, that God can bring something better and more amazing out of that. That's where I want to be. That's the man I want to be. And I want to encourage you this morning, like keep your dreams alive, but set your eyes on Jesus and where he's placed you and where he's taken you and pursue that with everything that you have. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are a God that answers dreams. You're a God that, that gives us talents and desires and calling. And God, I just pray right now that, that those dreams, that you would start to ignite dreams across this church. That we would be a people of dreamers. We'd be a people who have passion and desires, God. But God, while we foster those and we look after those dreams, God, I pray that we wholeheartedly set our eyes on you. That we follow you and the calling. And God, that we would trust that you have a better plan a bigger plan, a bigger calling, a bigger vision for our lives. And that we'd set our eyes on that and pursue you wherever you take us, God.